Welcome back to the Flex Podcast. We got Keith back on. Pretty excited to have it. We got a lot of topics. Oh, my God. Last time we did this, I think it was like September, I think. It's been a while. So it's been a real long time. Not that anything's happened in the world since Right, then. right. Not Nothing to talk about, really. But, oh, my God. No, we did. I like, got a lot of topics. Um, first, we're going to start, obviously, with the NFL. I mean, it's of it's course. been an unreal season so far. Ravens win 22-27 last night. I don't, did you watch the rest of that game? I watched it. And I saw something very interesting today. We'll get to the football part of it. But Lamar Jackson was actually holding up a sign walking into the tunnel about something about pay me. Yeah. I don't know if a fan gave it to him. Or yeah, or so I, I saw it was he, he was going through the tunnel, and the uh, the fan, it like I think it fell down. It says something, Lamar Jackson, number eight, uh, pay me my money or it something. It happened to fall down, and Jackson was there. Yep. Well, after a performance like that, you know, that was a big win. And he struggled early, but you got to give the guy credit. Yeah, I mean, the second half, we second dominated. Second half, he was on fire. Yeah. It was a good game. I think I, – did you did you watch the full game? For the most part. You yeah. know, I missed a play or two, but yeah. The, so, that last – the last drive, the one before – the one when the uh, Buccaneers scored the touchdown and then went for two, oh, that was horrible. That, that was the worst Tom Brady football I think I've seen him play – if not ever or in a long time. Well, Tom's been a little distracted this season. Yeah. Uh, that divorce is final, or, or the, the divorce papers have been written up, I should say. Yeah, they just announced um, that today, actually. It's a strange thing with Tom Brady because he's such a professional guy. He's such a, uh, you know, motivated guy, and he's somebody that keeps things in perspective. But he's let his whole relationship in divorce and, and, and breakup with this lady dominate him yeah. in public. Not just behind the scenes, in public he's let it dominate him. And look, the Buccaneers aren't what they were two or three years ago. They're older, they're slower. Brady's older and he's slower. But I, I think you can make a reasonable case that his personal life has affected his play on the field. You know what's crazy is I was looking at the stats, and like obviously I know right now it's like the two teams right now that should be out in front of the, the Buccaneers and the Ravens, but he's still the top quarterback right now for passing yards. With two, I think it was you know, 2,267. That's right now. I mean, obviously, Mahomes is right behind with two, 2,159. But by the end of this weekend, I mean, he could be, I don't know, top six, top five still with passing, and they have yeah. a three and five record. Well, Brady at his worst is still good. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he's going to put numbers up, but there's just something missing from him and something missing from that team this season. Not that he can't turn it around. If there's anybody that can, it's him. Yeah. But it just doesn't seem like this is his year. And in any way, shape, or form. Have you, their defense is not that no. bad. It's not that bad. Their secondary is is what needs help. That Vita Vea, oh, my God. That dude is a dog. He has been for, tackle. for quite a while, yeah. I mean, he, he just – Yeah, that, you could all, that front seven is really good. The linebackers are decent. The, the back end is rough. Yeah. Um, and Leonard Fournette still has it. Yeah. I, th- I doubted him going in that game. I'm like, yeah, Leonard Fournette, we, we should be able to – Take him down the run game, but no, he, he short yardage and goal line. I wouldn't want to see that guy. No, um, tight. Who's their tight end now? Uh, I forgot, forgot his name. I know. That, so they have Michael Evans. Godwin he, is out, isn't he? Yeah. And then uh, Brashad Perryman, who the Ravens also had. I mean, but, Evans showed up again. Yeah, yeah, he had a good game for an old guy. Perryman had, I think, a catch or two, so he didn't play too bad. Mm-hmm. And. Who's the other one? Uh, was it Ron? No. Whoever the second running back, he, he didn't have a, a terrible game. But I, the first half with the Ravens, may, they pissed me off. I ain't going to lie. They made me really mad. But then the second half, we, we just turned up. Uh, just everything was clicking. We were running the ball good. Gus Edwards finally got the ball going down the field. He looked good. And then our defense just was – Stellar, the whole rest they were. of the half. I mean, that's a championship defense. Yeah. And when the offense is clicking, Baltimore is as good as any team in the NFL. They've had a strange season. Their record is not, in, uh, you know, indicative of how good they are on t- in talent in terms of talent. So, you know, I wouldn't worry. The, the Ravens, Pittsburgh's not what they used to be. Uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, when, Cincinnati, when Joe Bur- Burrow gets hot, man, and he's hot, they're, they're going to be uh, a handful. But they can come back and, and, ha- and take that division with no problem. Yeah, I believe because that that division is nothing near what it was two years ago. Especially like especially last year too. I mean, yeah, last year was stacked. I thought it was going to be like that this year. I mean, the Browns are still a dangerous team. Like I, even yeah, though a lot they of people are knock them, but they are. I still think they're going to be good. But the, the it's really the Ravens and the Bengals, which we play them the last week of the season. 
So that's gonna be that's gonna be a big game. And then we have the Saints on next Monday. Next Monday. Yeah. Where where's that at? In New Orleans. We have two road games. Mm. And then we have a bye. And then we play the Panthers. Okay. So it's it's a weird kind of a weird schedule for us. I mean, we got two road games and a bye, but I guess that helps. But um the Dolphins play the Lions this weekend. And I was just telling my dad, I said that that's probably gonna be a top. I I, I mean, I think it's gonna be a good game. Well, you know, the Lions are um, one. They're they're a hot and cold team. Uh, they have a good coach in Campbell, Campbell. and yep. and what they lack in talent, and they do have some talent. They're not the worst team in the league, but they're always motivated, so they're always dangerous. Yeah, I mean that team comes to play every week. There's just no getting around it. So you can never take the Lions lightly because they will be ready, emotionally ready, for every game. And they have two or three players that can can really hurt you. I really believe, out of the whole league, the most underrated running back in the league is probably DeAndre Swift. Yeah, and I, I, DeAndre Swift is an absolute beast on the field when he gets the ball. But very talented. They they, guy. Yeah, they, they don't give him his credit as much as they as they should. But I think him. Um, Gus Edwards, I mean, not because I'm a Ravens fan, but if you just watch how he plays, very yeah. underrated. And another running back that's underrated. Um, how about Chubb? Nick Chubb? Oh, I know. I mean, to me, he's underrated. Yeah. I know he's mentioned with, with the top backs, but it seems like everybody else gets gets all the headlines. And Nick Chubb just week in and week out is, you know, carries his offense. Well, he's got eight, eight touchdowns this season, and he has eight. 20-plus yard run rushes, and he has one plus 40. There you go. 40-plus yard run, and he leads the league in 740 rushing yards. So, yeah, I mean, he's – I mean, he, he He's not the name that, that pops up right away, though. It's, it's strange. Yeah, like, I know. Somebody would go, he's the best. This year he is the best back in the NFL so far. Right. They were talking about um, Saquon Barkley still being the top. Yeah. He is. Look, look. I had my dad like like uh, like Elliot Ezekiel Elliott of Dallas. I said, "There's too much tread on those tires. His best days are behind him." That part is true. Yeah. I thought the same thing with Barkley, but he's come back like a man possessed, and he's regained his form. I like. So he still has it now. Now Elliott's still he's a good power back now. Yeah. He just doesn't have that burst, and he can't really get around the corner like he used to. Yeah. But he's still good in short yardage, and, and you know he can move the chains for you. But Barkley, oh my God. He about, can do it all. He's got the power and the explosion still. When he gets in the open field, if you miss a tackle, he's gone. He's 80 yards down. Yep. What about uh, Josh Jacobs? Yeah. Still like him? He's a, he's, he, he's a battler. And then, you know, he's really not having their best year so far as Derrick Henry. Yeah. Which I would, I mean, he's still top five right now, but I mean, I was expecting more. Maybe because he's on my fantasy team and got me. But when play. you're the man and you have a mediocre passing game, and I like Tannehill, mm-hmm. he's perfect for that offense, I think. But when you can put eight, nine, ten guys in a box four or five years straight and you are the focal point of a running attack, sooner or later, you know, you're not going to dominate. And it starts to wear on you. So, I, again, I, I just think he's slowing down just a little bit. Uh, if they had any semblance of a passing game that could open it up, I think you would see Henry be 15, 16, 1700 yards easy. But they're stacking the box. Yeah. And it's hard, you know. It's hard to carry a team on your back year after year. What do you think? What do you think so far about your Commanders? <laughs> they're a schizophrenic team. They're a, they're an organization that is in turmoil because of their ownership. Uh, He's they, a mess. They have a head coach that I can't wrap my hands around Rivera, but it's hard to it's hard to figure out with this team. There's so much drama. It's hard to figure out who's making decisions and who's not. I'm not even 100% convinced that Rivera, despite what he says, that he really wanted Carson Wentz. I'm not convinced of that. Now, I know he didn't want Heineke as his main starter. Yeah. But you had Garoppolo out there, and you had some other free agents they could have went after. I'm convinced it was the Snyders that wanted the big name, like they always do, and they brought Wentz in, and that was just been a disaster. He is what we thought he is. He's over the hill. He can't really – be a an elite starting quarterback anymore and when I say that they paid him 28 million dollars for one season that's elite money yeah um and I, I just don't know who's calling the shots in that organization Ron Rivera claims he is but every every commanders or Redskins coach of the past 20 years has claimed that and then they go write a book or go on a speaking tour and tell you how much meddling was going on behind the scenes so t- football wise the commanders 
I don't have high hopes for him. At least, at least you can watch him now because of Heineke. Uh, he keeps you in games. He's a competitor. He's got some athletic ability. Their offensive line's terrible, so you can get away from a rush. Their defensive front is still very good, much like, you know, the Buccaneers. Their secondary is is rough. Their corners. Yeah. So I, you know, they're they're good enough to stay in games. They'll surprise people. They're not as bad as they were when Carson Wentz was at the helm. I'll put it that way. And look, they can definitely beat the Colts. You know what the that'll be three in a row. You know what Carson the Carson Wentz signing reminds me of that y'all did a couple years ago. Every bad signing we've done since Dan Snyder's been owner. Well, that but oh, yeah. uh, Josh Norman. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. I mean, y'all had so much hype going into that pick in free agency. That was like your biggest pick, and then if if this is an hour long podcast, I could just do bad off season free agent decisions by the Snyder era under the Snyder era, and it would take up the whole hour. Give, me, top, go, give me your top five. I could go back. Oh, God, Albert Hainsworth, Jeff George. Now, we're going way back now. Yeah. That was a terrible one. So, Al- Albert Hainsworth, Jeff George, Donovan McNabb. Um, man, I, I could go on and on and on and on. Bruce Smith. He brought in Bruce Smith, who was a great player and a Hall of Famer, but he was like 41 and going on 60. Um. So many. Josh Norman, that's a great one. Yeah. That's a great one. It's just like us bringing in Deshaun Jackson. I mean, we, I don't know oh, why oh, we do this. We did too. Yeah, I know. But I, not for that. But you guys have a, a whole different thing going on there. I, I just – I don't understand. Like, we had – you know, there's Odell Beckham that's on the market. He's just sitting out there. And we go for Deshaun Jackson, who's 35 years old. I'm, I'm not knocking him. You know, I haven't seen him play yet. And he says he's been playing in the offseason – or still practicing in the offseason. I mean, that's that's cool. But we're trying to win, and you're bringing in, you know, fossil talent. I don't – Right, you know, right, who right. Knows what's fossil talent. That's a great way to put it. And, you know, and I don't – and I'm not knocking, you know, Deshaun, and I'm not knocking OBJ because OBJ, honestly, has not been I – don't, I don't think you can say he's in the top of the wide receivers, like, all-time list. No, because absolutely he, not. He, uh, you know, it's kind of like he kind of made like one big catch. No, he's he's had a good, like, you know, he had a good couple seasons, but like, I mean, you can make a whole re- highlight reel of his catches. He makes incredible yeah. catches, but and he's had a very good career. But no, yeah. I would not put him in the top no. twenty all time. I don't think. But um, yeah, I was I was hoping we had we had gotten him. I was really excited we got Jason Pierre-Paul. He has been an absolute yeah. beast for us since yeah. he's come over. And same with Justin Houston, but we've had him for two. We're going on three years. We've had him for two now, and he he's still a veteran. He still knows how to play defense. Clayus Campbell's a dog. He knows what he's doing. Wow, he's still got it. Yeah, he plays hard, man. Yeah, that guy's. Hey, talk about underrated. His yep. whole career, he's been underrated. I want to talk about one more thing, and then we'll switch off. Uh, yep. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Should he retire after this season? Oh, sorry, Aaron Rodgers and both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, so they both retire after this season? I don't know about Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is uh, obviously not happy with his head coach, and we know who runs that team. It's Aaron Rodgers. If he doesn't want LaFleur back next year, LaFleur won't be back. Um, He doesn't have anybody to throw to. But in terms of of still being at at capacity to be not – maybe not elite that he was or – at this highest capacity that he was two or three years ago. But he's still a great, great athlete and quarterback. And if you start getting the right players around him again, he'll be just fine. Yeah. I, I, he might retire out of frustration because this is a very frustrating season for him. They even lost to the commanders. That had to really make him think about retirement. Yeah, uh, Tom Brady, I just think emotionally and physically, the, I, I can't – I just don't envision him another season. And if you believe the rumors, that's one reason that they're getting a divorce. She wanted him to retire. So what sense would it make now? He wants to he wants to vindicate himself. If, if this season doesn't turn around, I guarantee you Brady will come back for another season and try and get another ring. So if they don't make the playoffs, you think he'll he'll stick around? I do. I, well, and I, you know, I don't know if it'll be in Tampa Bay. I don't know his contract situation. Yeah. But he's going to look around at that roster and go, "You got to get me young and fresh." Right. I can't deal with this roster. And the line and that's last what night, Aaron Rodgers block. is going through. Yeah. That's oh, I, yeah. Saw, I saw that last time. Some of that's on Brady too. He's yeah. All, he's he, not getting the ball out as quick. He gets a little too. He gets. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Now the two two. They protected I the hell stand. out of him in New England. Oh, I know. I cannot stand 
Josh Allen and Tom Brady. And it's not for their gameplay. It's not the way, you know, no. It's the way that they are when they get hit. They are always whining and crying on every single hit. Especially Brady. And, you know, and I never Josh noticed Allen it about too, Allen. Man. I never paid that much attention. He's so big that you think, you know, but Brady's always getting that, that. You know what? Part of that is strategy. Yep. You, you get in the, in the referee's head. Yeah. And then maybe he will throw that flag. You know, Josh Allen, I, did, I didn't never really pay attention in that regard. It's so frustrating to watch, but, I mean, that's what, that's what football has come to now is you get hit, and if you're a quarterback, you're going to either – you have at least I, – I, I, I bumped it up. I said you have at least an 86% chance of getting a flag thrown because of yeah, that. Yeah, it seems like it. It's ridiculous. It's, it's ruining the game. Yeah. And it's taking the physicality out of the game. And you have all these injuries this season. They're not because of hard hits in a game. They're because of they're not practicing. They're not doing the off-season work. They're not in football condition. They're not getting hit in practice. That's why these guys are getting hurt, not because of personal fouls. They're not in football condition. You know, if you watch a training camp back in the 80s and 90s or early thousands compared to one now, what their, their hardest training camp today would look like a walkthrough back then. It's almost you can't you don't touch anybody you don't ever do it you don't go as long you don't put as much time in football you got to train your body you've got you've got to take hits you got to give hits and take hits and you have to get in football shape and these guys are coming out there and pulling hamstrings or taking a hit that usually they would have bounced off of if they turf toe turf oh any of that yeah and so the injuries are mounting because they're not practicing hard and the rules have changed it so much that instead of protecting the players it's hurting the players. But then you have a situation like uh, uh, what's his name that took that horrible concussion, Tua, Tua, yep, and the league freaks out. Yeah. So now you see the flags everywhere, and then rules and, change, and then and rule changes like in, so. Now we're going to change the rules in in a week. Yep. So and of that's the state of the Sunday. NFL these days. Yep. So, MLB uh, finals or shoot World Series is tonight. You gonna watch it? I am. Who you, th- who you got going for this? Who's starting? Is it uh, who's starting for the Astros? Verlander. Uh, Verlander, and course. then I would expect Zach Wheeler to start for the Phillies. Phillies. I'm rooting. Look, I don't want to root for any team close to New York, north or south of Baltimore. I usually root for teams that are that I don't, don't like to root for teams in Texas for obvious reasons. But I, I, I you know what? I'm kind of rooting for Bryce Harper, and I'm kind of rooting for the Phillies. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of the Astros. Uh, they're just some, they rub me the wrong way, as great as they are. What have they been in four of the last six? I'm, I think so. Yeah. It's a dynasty. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna. I'm just rooting for the underdog because I don't have a rooting interest in it. So I'm just gonna root for the Phillies. I, I like Bryce Harper. So Bryce oh, Harper and man, Machado. What a series. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Those two are Manny my Machado. favorite. But um, no, nah, I'm rooting for Bryce. I think. I don't really. I wouldn't say care, but I think I think it's gonna be such a competitive uh matchup that like everybody's overlooking it. I don't think people are gonna take this series until like serious until at least game four. They're like, Oh shoot, like this is a, this is gonna be a good series. It was a little shocking that the Yankees got swept. Oh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm so I am so tired of watching the Yankees build and put all this money into a team to not even buy championships, buy, literally, and then they get to the playoffs and they don't even make it past the second round. It's it's unreal, unreal. They do all this winning in the regular season. You know, Aaron Judge hits uh, sixty home runs and and all this stuff. And all oh, the Yankees, that you're not going to beat them. They're they're so good that and all this. And then they're going in there healthy. And yeah, they lose. you know they got off to a blistering start in the regular season. Yeah. Okay. And they looked like the best team in baseball, and they were dominating. And it looked like that money was buying them another championship. And they went into a really long slump in the second half of the season. I mean, they were they were one of the worst records in baseball for like a month and a half or two months. Yep. And I think it started to show a little bit a little bit of their some of their flaws, you know. And I, I that I, I remember that. And when they got in the playoffs, I said this is not a team that's dominant. You, they can be beat. You know, they can be beat in a five- or seven-game series easily in the playoffs. With all their firepower on offense, their pitching was a little bit questionable, and that's what hurt them in, in, uh, during midseason. So the Yankees are not invincible, and this time money couldn't buy it. Aronis Chapman did not 
did you see the thing about Ro- oh, Chapman? Uh-uh. So he didn't go with the team. They didn't want him to, to travel with him. So they sent him back to Miami. And then this dog, man, he needs to go somewhere. <laughs> uh, so they sent him down to Miami in his home. He stays down there. And they told him, uh, you're not going to make the playoff roster just to stay down there. And then he's like, okay, well, my career in New York is done. So he's going to get paid out and then just chill at home while his team gets swept. Well, it's good to be him. That's what I want, though. It's because he's a free agent this year. That that's I would I really hope the Orioles think about it. Yep. God, you know, if they can just bring in a couple guys like him with that young talent, wow, that would be insane. They will be that will be, be a scary team. Yep. And we already have a great club as is. So you know, we just get. Aronis Chapman. I, I really hope we get a new starting pitcher. I'm oh, sick they have and tired. To. Yeah, I'm oh, sick and tired to. of – and you know what? I'm sorry. A lot of Orioles fans are going to probably hate me for this one. I'm not a fan of John Means. I'm not a big fan. I mean, he, he – had, he, had he had a career year. Right. That's what happened. He doesn't have the big arm. Um, I, I like guys that can throw hard. And he just gets He's not a injured. bad guy. No, he's no, no, always no. injured, but he's a soft thrower. Yep. He, he's one of those guys that's, that'll have two or three good years, and then you'll see him in the bullpen. As a middle reliever, yep. You know, no, they need big arms. They need big guys who can throw 100 miles an hour. That can get. Uh, well, we had him. We let him go. What's yeah. his name? Batista. Oh, Felix. Yeah. Wait, we we let Felix Batista go? No, maybe not. No, it was a starter. I'm thinking of. No, he. They brought him from the bullpen to starter. I guess. Oh. He should have been a starter uh, to begin with. No, I think it was Batista. I'm you talking about of. Tyler Wells? Could be. Okay, yeah, because he was a closer last year, and then this year he, he they got brought up to a uh, starting pitcher. But now he, Tyler Wells looked amazing this season. Yeah, he did. He got injured at the end, but, you know. Um, not a fan, really, of Jordan Lyles. I don't I don't know about him. I don't. Is he done with us? Was that just a one year? I don't know, but he's a, one of those pitchers that if you get yourself two or three aces, or two or three aces like that, like that's going to happen. Right. But if you get a, a couple guys that, are, that you, you improve it, in terms of starting pitching, yeah, he, he could fit in as a fourth or fifth guy. Well, I mean, we're going to get Grayson Rodriguez next season. I expect yeah. him to make the fi- the fifty three man, or uh, I expect him to make the roster when the season starts. They'll have uh, I don't know if they're going to call Gunnar Henderson up early. I don't know if they might wait. I to think like they June. plan on it. I don't know how early, but yeah. he is definitely being called up. That I do know. Um, who else is there? There's so many there's, guys. There's down more. There. There's guys that we're going to hear about this year that will be coming up next year. Yeah. That's how they're building this team. Kyle Stowers will probably make it. He looked good. He didn't look too bad. Yeah. Uh, Rutschman's already going to stay. Uh, I think – is it Connor Norby? He was looking all right. Hadley Rutschman. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't – the future for that kid is rookie, so bright. It was only his rookie year. That's it's. Unreal. I wish they had brought him up You know earlier. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, when they – we signed uh, – what's his name? From the Astros, uh, Robinson Torinos. I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? I was like, are you serious with this pick? He's he's just he's too old. He's a vet. Um, kind of like rooting at a door, but I mean that's my man. So I, hope, I really hope we it's, don't get rid of him. It's a good veteran to have. Yeah, a backup. You know, every three days you can start a game, depending on if it's a lefty or righty and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you got you're always going to have a guy like that on your team. And hey, how about Trey Mancini? I know. World is in the World Series. He's now. got a chance to get that ring. I'm happy for him. Um, who's the last one I was going to say? Oh, Ramon Arias. I'm yeah. excited for him. Yeah. That, that, yeah. He's going to be good. I feel like – you know what's scary is I feel like we're going to trade Cedric Mullins. Um, I just have a gut feeling that we're going to be like, you know what, we want to get – but we're not going to do it for draft picks. I think we're past that. I think we're going to be, okay, you know what? We need a pitcher. Yeah, we're either going to get a pitcher or a top five name or something. Did Mullins have a career year or, or can he – Duplicate is this going to be a year in and year out? See, see what the organization looks at is look, he had a great year, a really great year in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but he's not a guy that's going to do that every year at that level. Let's let's put him out there as bait and see if somebody will bite. See, if we can't get a top notch pitcher. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't want to see him go, but I can guarantee you that his history has not shown he's that's the player he is. He overachieved. He had he had a great year and the lineup improved. So when the lineup improves, you know, you get more pitches to hit. Wanted to uh, talk about the world's problems, if you don't mind. 
commanders are depressing enough. <laughs> well, this world, I don't, I don't even know how much left we have left to live anymore because <laughs> they got all this bullcrap talking. First, I want to start with China and Taiwan. Uh, last time we were here, they actually were not as loud as they were now. Now, if if people don't know, uh, they had multiple. Was it China had multiple uh, missile launches? Tests yeah, over flights in Taiwanese Taiwanian uh, space, which uh, is illegal. Internet breaking international law. Yeah, and um, saber rattling, and just uh, what's his name, Li Cheng or uh, China's president. Anyway, has made a lot of comments. I I'm telling you now, Ping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Him and uh, Putin, that's scary. They're very scary. Well, and and even India, all three of them. But those two, very scary. And they're always together. And they're all, oh, my God, that's. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're they, it's them against the world. Yep. It's really them against us. So they're always united, no matter what they do. Um, you know, China is, is committed to uh, having Taiwan, just like, just like Putin is in Ukraine. They believe that Ukraine was stolen from them and that history will dictate that they are to be reunited. And that's China's policy when it comes to Taiwan. Their one China policy is what it's called. And they're never not going to they're not going to stop. You know, and I think that the actions that they're taking show that being more and more aggressive, that they're they're getting closer and more serious about some kind of intervention. Intervening, I mean. Yeah. So I, I don't think the world should just shake their head and go, oh, it's just China being China. You know, Taiwan is a tiny island. Like China, real tiny. China could take them and, you know, exaggerating in days. What so happened? I, in, someone with, calculated it was like two days. Probably. It could already be like, a take, or not the whole country, but like yeah. the capital, gone like that. Now, the scary part is for us is that on paper, by decree, yep. we are supposed to defend Taiwan against Chinese aggression. That was that was an agreement we signed a long time ago. You know, but they they are just as serious about taking Taiwan back, and I'm using quotes, as Russia was about taking Ukraine back. Uh, the problem is Ukraine is massive, and they have a lot more geography. They have a lot more military, and Putin way 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 underestimated and overextended his military, and they're in big trouble now. So the question is with Putin. Is he going to get desperate and start resorting to crimes against humanity like cluster bombs and even nukes? Oh, so they just had a, he had a uh, they did a, a convention in Moscow. I think it was yesterday actually. I was watching and he said um, they asked him about nukes. The guy asked him and he had was like this weird long pause. Huh. And the guy's like, "That scares me that you're sitting there like that." And then he started laughing. He's like, "I'm just joking." Uh, and then they started talking. He's like, "I'm not gonna. We're not gonna use uh, nuclear forces on Ukraine. There's no need for that." Is that what Putin said? That's what he said. Huh? So I it's wouldn't funny, trust that. It's funny. It's funny that he says that. But when this war started, he said, "If anybody interferes, we'll use tactics you've never seen before. You've never seen before." Yeah. So you know, and we know how he is. We he's all a sneaky leader. Sure. We also that, know that he's you know, losing. Yeah. And oh yeah. Narcissistic dictators don't like to lose. Nope. He doesn't want he doesn't want to be the Russian leader that that lost in Ukraine and be embarrassed for the rest of, of history. So if anybody in the world is going to use weapons of mass destruction like that, it, it would be Putin because he doesn't think the world would stand up to him. He thinks he could get away with it. And he and he knows that if he if he launches one intercontinental uh, or one nuclear missile, period, that it would end that war. And he could finally get out of that and go victory, and the world would do little to nothing because what what could they do? It, it's start a nuclear war, right? So, and it back that's a, a worst case and a last case scenario. But if anybody in the world would do it, it would be Vladimir Putin, especially right now because he's like a caged dog. He's got his, you know, the, he, he's embarrassed. He's losing, and when you have somebody like that, you they will resort to anything. We've seen it in world history. I, I hate to say that, and I hope I'm wrong, yeah. but there's no path to victory for Russia right now. There's no path to conventional military victory. They don't have the resources. They don't have the morale. They don't have the weapons. Uh, you know, unless the Iranians and the Chinese jump in, literally give bodies and forces 
the Russians at this point, from every military expert I've listened to, have run into a complete quagmire. And they're not going to be able to take Kiev. They're not going to be able to take parts of the Ukraine that, that they want to annex and bring back to Mother Russia. I was watching um, the the court day of when uh, Brittany Griner was that Wednesday, I think. Yeah. What Tuesday? is the latest with that? I, I hate so to see. They denied it. So she's going to be she's started serving her nine year sentence <sighs> on Tuesday. It's horrible. The pro here's my thing. I don't want to sound dumb when I say this, but do you think that the U.S. would be so dumb enough to put a special task force together to go after her in Russia? Um, you know who the United States president is, right? Oh, I know. So you, the question was what? <laughs> what? Could you repeat your question? Oh. And then I'll tell you who the president is one more time. Go ahead. Uh, do, do you think the U.S. would be dumb enough? Dumb enough. Yes. Yeah. Because we know who the president is. Oh, okay. Highly unlikely. Yeah. But – it's definitely uh, it's definitely an option. Um, no, I I don't. You know, I, there would have to be a prisoner swap. I think is the only way to get her out of there. Um, what does Russia want? Ru- Russia isn't punishing this girl just because she broke some kind of stupid law. No. They're holding her as collateral, so they can get something from the United States and the rest of the world. And how good would it look for Joe Biden politically if he could go rescue uh, this girl? That would be a great victory for him so yeah I, I think all cards are on the table when it comes to that but um if the war was going different in russia and putin was making headway and, and the future looked brighter he probably would have stood up on the international stage and made some kind of swap but as long as he's losing and he is and as long as he's in a quagmire he's going to keep that girl and as as collateral like i said you know as a as a bargaining chip you know, you, what do you want? Well, if you want her, you got to give me this. Yeah. I hate to say that because it's terrible. You know, I'm, I'm not really a fan of hers, but the fact that the young girl's just being held in a damn Russian prison for nine years. And who knows what the outcome is if something happens to Putin or Putin goes crazy, what they do to her. Well, it's just like uh, the Navalny thing that I wrote about. I mean, he's gonna, yeah. he's just sitting in there and he he's serving a nine, is it 19? I think it was nine. Uh, your prison sentence, and they, I mean, they are torturing him. I'm sure he doesn't even. He's lost so much weight; doesn't even look the same. I mean, it. Uh, what they do over there is just. Well, they, they do that because they want they want to make people uneasy. They torture him, and then they'll show you a picture of him, and then they'll smile and say, "Oh no, he's fine. He gets his three meals a day. He's treated like every right. other prisoner." But what they're air. really doing is using him as propaganda and showing you, "Yeah, we're torturing this guy. What are you going to do about it?" Yeah. So I don't know if you knew, but a lot of people probably don't know about the oil with uh, Russia and the Europeans, the way they send it out and stuff. Well, first of all, the, the, the Russia counts on Venezuela and a, and a bunch of other countries for their oil and gas. So well, they do, but they also have in North Russia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they have their own oil. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um. Cause I was I was watching something and it was it was saying that, you know. In North Russia, they send all this oil and gas out through these pipes underneath the water and stuff, and it sends out to all European countries. Well, when all this stuff happened, and NATO and all these other people started intervening, he shut down the pipes. So then, that shut it down for Germany. Uh, yeah, all yeah. these other people, and then. Their prices went through the roof, which right, actually right now, I looked at the prices. They're actually down 6% okay. in all of those countries. Here's what I don't understand. Why here are we having that problem and blaming Russia when they're not supplying us? Um, And why are we begging a state terrorist organization? Why are like we begging the Saudi people Arabia that did 9-11 across the country, or across the world? To give us oil and gas. The answer is in the question. It's We were energy independent under Trump. We were for the first time since the 60s. Gas prices at on average when Biden came into office was 239 Still kind of high. But we weren't relying on the rest of the world. And that was one of the promises that Trump made. It made common sense. We were fracking. We, had, we got the Keystone Pipeline up and running again. We weren't having to use our energy energy reserves which 
you know, we're tapping into now our, our, our energy reserves that we would use in a crisis just so a midterm election could turn out different so the prices come down a little bit. Uh, we weren't dependent on foreign oil, bottom line, but Joe Biden is committed to green energy. He promised all the lefties when he got elected that he would become the climate president, and he's not going to go back on it. And if you have to, and it, it, he already said, you know, we have to feel a little bit of pain, if, you know, to get where we're going to go, because by 2035, we're going to be, uh, you know, oil is going to be a thing of the past. Now, that's never going to happen. Well, you know, when you use electric, you have to use, you're burning off something. Like you have to use, right. what was it, carbon? And how are fuels or something? It, next time we get into a big war, are we going to count on electric? Right. Well, we're, yeah. I mean, I so mean, drones, that's about it. We were energy independent, and now we're dependent on terrorist organizations. And uh, that's what they want. This is who these people are. The problem is their ideas don't match up with reality. Look, if, if I thought for one second that electric and solar and, and all that could work, I'd say, okay, let's, let's invest in it. Let's do it. And it may work, but not in the time frame that that administration wants. So they're destroying an economy. They have destroyed an economy over these policies just because they want to be politically savvy. They, they want to make sure they have the backing of, of, of groups. They want advertisers. They're willing to sacrifice your average American's lifestyle so they can move these policies forward, and they're pr pretty blatant about it. So that's why. You know, we were energy independent before Joe Biden. Now we have inflation, massive inflation. We're basically in a recession, and that's all starts with gas prices and all starts with oil. That makes everything else go up, and they don't care. Do you think we would have have enough oil and gas in the country to supply? Oh my all gosh! The US? Oh my gosh! If we if, forget Keystone Pipeline, there's so much more fracking we could do. I know that's a bad word. We could supply the world, and for a long time we were. I mean, we're not even doing near what we could do. We would never have to rely on any country for in, for the rest of time. Really? Yeah. There's so much oil in this country. I mean, that's all we had to do was just open it up. It, and again, it's not. We're, I'm not against clean oil i'm not against or clean oil clean energy i'm not against even electric but it's it's the time frame he's, he's looking at it can't you can't just come in and do it it's like when he pulled out of, of afghanistan it's not a bad idea most americans support that eventually but you can't just do it in that period of time just to keep a campaign promise you have to use logic and common sense, and it has to it has to be able. And to you work. let the Taliban bitch you around, which it, that made me that. Oh my god! They took the, they handed the government back to the Taliban. Yeah, is basically what that it happened, and Americans died pulling out that way because it was reckless. HBO did a documentary on that, and let me tell you something. You you if you sit there and you don't get mad, yeah, you don't like the country or something. I don't know that that stuff's just. And made this me is so the mad. party of women, and they hand a government back over to the Taliban, the most repressive group of thugs women have ever encountered or at least in the last hundred years i mean these people are barbaric they're stone age people and they have now women don't even have rights over there they don't have rights you can beat can't them drive. you can kill them yep. they, you know if they don't want them to go to school you can rape them yeah it's great uh hashtag me too right i don't i don't know i i don't i'm the saudi arabia thing made me mad that we went over there and begging them yeah and by the way they humiliated Joe. What you mean? The Saudis. No, no. Like, what do you, how do they do that? What do you mean? I mean, I mean, we went begging for stuff, and they were, they were like, "Ah, eh, no, ah, uh, no, you deal with it." Yeah. I don't know. Prices have went down a little bit for gas, at least. But the food yeah, but they, and all they that? haven't gone down compared to when he came into office. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That's but a, saying, that's but a I'm trick the administration any... uses. It, Joe Biden said yesterday. Gas was $5 a gallon when I came into office. He's full of it. He even got called out by every liberal network in the country. He said, what are you talking about? That was high, though. It wasn't it, that high. No. It, no. But the it, average it was price was two thirty nine. But it was, just, it was a mistake he made. But he, he, here's, what it, here's the equivalent of what he's saying to, make, to trick you, to trick us. It's like saying, yeah, I stole $500 million. But before I got to the bank, it was 650 so it really wasn't that bad. 
but he's the reason it's it was five hundred million dollars because yeah. it was it, there was money there when he when he came in. So you know he's he's they're in a terrible position politically. They're going to get slaughtered in the midterms. Oh, it's going to be red. There, a November. lot of presidents like Obama who who could really twist this around because he was so good on his feet and so smart that he could he could he could take take a turnip and make it into a grape. Uh, Biden can't. He's incapable of it. So now he's just nasty. He's out there, you know, reporters asking questions and they shut him down. He smirks at him. He just walks away. He's not he doesn't have the mental capacity to deal with this right now. You said reporters. I got I wanted to ask you this before we got off here. Journalism in America, is it is it over, you think? It doesn't have to be over. Do you think it what I what I've always said right now, because I would say if, if I were to get into it, which I've already basically have, I, I would say I'm an independent. But is it to the point now where it's you're either on this side or this side? That's what it is. That's what it means. The, you know, corporate interests have taken over media too. Advertising. It used to be, you know, a, a good journalist would would wake up every day and want to be a good journalist. Mm. Now you have activism. You put it on CNN and MSNBC. They're not journalists. They're activists. Um and Fox News certainly can be that way sometimes, even though we can argue about this. They have a lot more straight-line reporters than those other two networks. Fetterman in Pennsylvania, that's running for Senate. Um, it's running against Dr. Oz. Uh, is mentally impaired because he had a stroke. And ha- do you know anything about this? You can look it up. You're talking about Dr. Oz and the other guy going Yeah, against? Fetterman. But Fetterman, Fetterman is not right. Yeah, I know. And they keep propping him up in these debates. Yeah. Well, he had a terrible debate. And my wife actually felt bad for him watching it. And I, I'm not even kidding. Well, because they asked him a question, he was like this. Yeah, and he's uh, and he Right, okay. But, so, look at the reporting on it. Look at how it's spun. If you watched MSNBC, there we go. No, he was fine. He did great. They're just going after somebody that has an impairment. And I go, this is not journalism. You know, this guy's running for Senate. This is important. Right. You know, it's important to know if he's sick, if he's not well, if he's not healthy. And anybody that watched that debate could tell you it was a disaster. You, <laughs> there is a reporter for NBC, a lady, I really, I can't remember her name, that reported the truth. And she did an interview with him, a sit-down interview, and she said, look, when we first sat down, he wasn't well. Just before the cameras came on, he couldn't make small talk. Now, she didn't say it that way. She said it in a, in a different way. And then the interview was a disaster. She got attacked by the Washington Post, the New York Times, MSNBC, and uh, they, they, uh, his wife said she should be fired. I mean, that's what it's come to, the pressure on a journalist actually doing their job, and she did her job. You know, a lot of them did their job with Donald Trump, too. I, li- I like the journalists that just don't care. Like, well, that, exactly, and there's, I, I, there's enough of them out there. It. You know, I mean, you don't like my story, then don't read it, you know, but if it's the truth, that's the problem. It's, and I don't mean to be like this, but it, it's true. Trump supporters do not like the truth at all. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, I would say most of the time. And I only say that because, it, you know, and it goes back to the election. I mean, this dude for months and still possibly is going about that it was it was rigged. There has been so many things that have been proven. Watch the 60 Minutes documentary that they went through. It's been checked over hundreds of thousands of times. People have checked it hand-proofed. But yet we still have supporters that run around and say it's fed up, it's bull crap, it was stolen. Everybody that worked the poll should be fired. All these people that counted. No, the, there, there is there is a lot and of Trumpers it's like ridiculous. that. Ridiculous. Yeah, but you know. But we. But here's the thing, and that's true. Hillary Clinton still claims that Trump stole it from her in 2016. Shit. Yeah. Now no. we know for a fact that, and she accused the Russians. Of helping Trump, remember? And interfering? Yeah, and, yeah. and now we know it was the complete opposite, that the Russians were actually helping her out. And, they, you know, they, it was, it's so crazy. But to this day, Hillary Clinton claims she didn't lose. Stacey Abrams still claims that she won a Democrat. Yeah. That's what, that's what we see now. When you lose an election, it was fraud, voter fraud. Yep. Joe Biden put his DOJ out, Department of Justice, supposed to be certainly nonpolitical, even though that's never been the case. They're going to go out and have people at election uh, places to make sure. Where are they going to be? They're going to be in red states because they're the ones that cheat. 
They're not going to worry about what happens in Chicago. They're not going to worry about what happens. And believe me, there's cheating in Chicago when it comes to elections. No. Oh, no, no. It's bipartisan. It's, it's going to be fair, and we're just going to make sure. This is, this is stuff that happens in third-world countries where you have government officials at polling places. But everybody thinks that every election now is fraudulent. Everybody thinks that every election has been stolen. And that's what every politician says now. Watch, watch when, when the midterms happen and the Republicans take back the House and maybe the Senate. Well, I'm going to say right now. Uh, Mark Republic, my words. It, November's going to be red. It's certainly in the 100%. House, and it's looking more and more like it's possible they could, they could switch the Senate. And if that happens, you talk about a lame duck president, then what's he going to do? Mm-hmm. Just sign executive order after executive order? You know what's true, though, is that when voting happened in 2020, there were polls set up in specific regions that were red, where that they knew that there was going to be more turnout, so they would set the polls up there. I'll have to find the article and send it to you, and you may, you know, you may not like or or uh, my bad, agree with what they say, but just read it, and it, it'll you'll look at it and you'll be like, wow, and I and it's probably happened with the blue states or with the blue too. I don't know, but in that specifically, it was just it was mostly Republicans, but it wasn't. How do I say this? It wasn't Republicans that are like in office right now that set it up. It was people that were setting up polls throughout the country that made it so it was in specific areas that were red inside that state and that would have a more turnout. So, like, take, for instance, you go to Nevada, okay? You want your polls in Las Vegas because it's the biggest one in there. So let's say, you know, I'm a Republican and you're running Democrat, and I had – um. I don't know. Let's say 60, 68% voted for me and only 30 some voted for you. But most of your votes counted in I don't even I don't even know another place in but another place in Nevada and it was all you. But mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, it was 100% me. That's how they were looking at it. Like county by county, it was all yeah. just higher numbers for Republicans and stuff. Well, you can make that case all over the country when you go to oh, the yeah. northeast when you go to Vermont, when you go to, you know, the whole all of New England, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how much that really influences an election, but I think a lot of it's BS. There is some fraud, and you have to be real careful, but I, for the most part, people either vote or they don't vote. Do you think your homeboy is going to run again? My homeboy? Yeah. Who, DeSantis from Florida? Uh, no, uh, Trump. Uh I bet that happens, though. I bet if, if Trump runs, DeSantis and Trump Look, will be the final Republican. Biden's not going to run again because, number one, he might not make it physically. Number two, the party's not going to let him. So yeah. somebody else will be the front runner for the Democrats. That's number one. Number two, the only way the Republicans can lose unless something stupid happens in the next three years uh, or two years, the only way the Republicans can lose a presidential election is if Trump jumps in and divides the party, which is very possible. Because oh, I don't. He's going to get it. I don't think that, you know, I'm not even sure Trump can get the nomination. No, he will. I don't know. I, I, I don't even, know. Not I even mean, that, but let me just let me put it out there right now. If he, if Trump, not only if Trump gets the Republican nominee and it's down to the last two Republicans and then he wins that and goes to face the Democrats in the final, he's going to win. There, I don't, I've never seen a person in this world or country have so much twisted, I don't even know the word for it. Like, he's twisted so many people's brains <laughs> that it's just like they're they're just attached to him. Until, they're, like, they're going to defend him over the dumbest claims, right or wrong. That's true. And now, it's, they, they, it's, it's not, crazy, not, not, it, No, not all. No, not all. But I'm, no, but, but like, I'm not a saying, large, like, it's like, a, it's like a, a celebrity that has a following. Yep, literally. They, they can do no wrong. Yep, they post something on social media, and, no, it, I and know. it's always right. That's a problem. I, I think that Donald, the worst thing that could happen to the Republican Party, because they would win the White House, well, unless some, some Barack Obama-type candidate pops up, I think that DeSantis and maybe a few others could actually win the White House. What about Hogan? If Trump, no, I don't, no. no. Good guy. No, he's not. He's not pres material. Um, DeSantis and uh, Nikki Haley would be an incredible ticket, a very powerful ticket. Number one, they would win both their states, and Florida and South Carolina are crucial 
and a presidential election, and they're both extremely popular. They're normal. They're kind of mainstream Republicans, and they might actually get some independent votes. So you have to remember that. I think Trump could actually kill the Republican Party's chances at a White House uh, bid, not, not just for him getting the nomination, but here's, here's the scary part for anybody else. If somehow he doesn't get the nomination, all his people, like you were saying, that he instructs, like cult members, well, you know, they screwed me. Do not vote for, don't vote for any of these people. They, w- they would kill him. He would take his people with him. If, when the ship was sinking, they would all go with him. Yep. So that's what would happen. And either winning the nomination, I think he could cost him, and losing the nomination, he could cost him. Because he's going to take all his people with him, so you make a great point about his his followers. I mean, because he's going to run. We already know that. Probably, yeah. Did DeSantis say he's going to run? No, but it's look. He's very popular. Yeah. And he's got a lot of steam behind him. And Nikki Haley's a great politician. She's a she's awesome. I would vote for her in a heartbeat. I wish she would be the front runner. But uh, if you were to if and I know you're not going to, but if you were to vote blue, who would the like two top mm, nominees would you want to see? There used there? to be people on the left, not I don't even call them the left. They were just Democrats. They were just a little more liberal that I would vote for and a half many, many, t- many over the years. But the party's become so far left, it's become the party of AOC. It, that's where Joe Biden is. Joe Biden was not there ten years ago. He wasn't some transgender. Uh, abortion on demand, you know, all the all those radical policies, uh, open borders, another huge issue that's going to affect elections. I mean, massive issue. All that stuff. He was never, never that far left. What about Bernie? No, Bernie's a socialist. You gonna get you know you you want you want you don't want to see Bernie up there? Bernie Bernie Sanders, you're talking about, right? Yeah. Bernie Sanders is an avowed socialist. I mean, that's basically a communist. I mean, and he makes no bones about it. One thing about Bernie Sanders, he's honest. He's honest. Hell no. Hell no. Bernie Sanders' God is government. He thinks government should control everything. That's Bernie Sanders. No. And he's not going to. He'll be too old by then. Speaking of that, Trump will be pushing 80 by the time he runs again. Think about that. Wait, wait, when do the nominees go up? Like, when do they vote for who will run for president? It'll like, Almost like a year before. Okay. So you get a whole year so of politics. So probably around this time next year? Yeah. Shoot. That's, that's a long way away. No, but 2023 is when you'll really start ratcheting it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you, you'll be it'll be a political for a year and a half, two years. It'll be all campaigns and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, so who would I vote for? Um, uh, what's his name? From West Virginia. Manchin. Joe Manchin? Joe Manchin. Um, nope, that's about it. I, think you talk, I voted for Bill Clinton, by the way. Yeah? Yeah. He was a Once. Pimp. Once. Pimp back in the day. Oh, he had it all. Uh, what about Liz Cheney? You think you would ever vote for her? <laughs> <laughs> I know who ain't going to vote for is them uh, MAGA supporters. No, I, no, Liz Cheney. I don't know what her, what her thing is, but no. And she's not going to run anyway. No. I want to ask one more thing. Uh, do you support? I don't know if you know, but who, who would you vote for as a Republican? For on the Republican, you're side? an independent. Who would I vote for on the Republican side? Yeah. It doesn't have to be for president. Just say uh, just a politician that, you, that would run for some kind of office. I'm going Hogan. Okay. Yeah. I don't and have I, a problem with Larry Hogan. I just, I, I, think I just he, don't think he, he could be – I'm not saying he couldn't be a good president. I don't think he would ever get near being a president. Oh, no. He's just not that personality. Yeah, but if he did I, – I, it's not because he's our state person. I just like the fact that he he could see almost both sides, even though a lot of people are like, oh, it's the mass policy, whatever. But, I mean – I'll give him a little bit a little bit of a break on that because early on we, we didn't know what COVID was. And he yeah. was governor and had to make a decision. Yep. Uh, but no, he's been a, a practical, common sense governor, and he did a lot of good things for Maryland. Maryland's in good shape overall after his governorship. So I, I don't have mind Larry Hogan. Um, I don't really know. I the Santos. I got to really read up on him. Every time I see him, he looks like he's a punk. So <laughs> I don't really know if I. I don't. I don't know about him. Uh, well, Trump, his political career's on fire. Yeah, Trump. Trump's Trump. I mean. 
it's one of those things. You either you vote for him because you believe in what he actually wants, or you just vote for him because you want to see a bunch of drama and turn your TV on and all this, all that bull crap. But right. uh, Democrat side, I don't really know a lot of Democrats that would run. Uh, I, Bernie, the only thing with Bernie is I. The only thing I like about him is he'll explain what policy he wants to do and how he'll do it. He's a very honest politician. I like that, but the way he the way he wants to do things eh, is a little scary. I don't I don't really know any else any other Democrats that I would. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think Kamala would ever. Oh, I, I don't know. You think? Oh, that woman. She, oh, I know who I would vote for. Mike Pence, if he ran. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I I think he would be he'd be a pretty good. Uh, I could president. go with that. I could live with that. I think he'd be all right because he. I mean, he proved it last year. Like he understands common sense, basically. Uh-huh. You know, especially when all that January sixth stuff went down. You know he. Um. Yeah. Do we know uh, anything about the guy that mauled Pelosi's husband? I did not hear about this one. Oh, this is last night or in the middle of the morning. Really? A guy broke into their mansion and beat him with a hammer. What? Yeah. Where do they They live in D.C.? Uh, where do they live? San Francisco. No, they're California people. Oh. San Francisco home. Uh, David DePape. That's the suspect. Wait a minute. I don't know if she lives in San Francisco. That's where she was from. I could be wrong. Yeah, no, that that's where the, he was attacked at. Okay. David De, De Pat, wait. That's that's right. That's the name. I don't think they've yeah. showed a face yet or a motive. He shouted out, "Where is Nancy?" And he was beating him with a hammer. Yep. David DePape, 42, identified by San Francisco police is a suspect of Paul Pelosi attack. That's what Fox News put out. That was at 2 a.m., so I don't know if that's East Coast, but if that's No. Well, it it's was, East it was, Coast, two a.m. It's eleven. Eleven there, yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, I, no, I did not even. I didn't even see that. That's, yeah, headline news. That's ridiculous. Again, you know who he supports? No, no, no. Hold on now. What? I don't know. Oh, come on now. I don't know. I, 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 if I'm doing my job, I wouldn't say that Care, on national careful, air. But careful, a podcast. There, I'm gonna say it. There, a lot of people think it's it's a radical left group who doesn't think Pelosi and and and, and the left have done enough. No. Because some of the things that I don't know, I, I who knows? It's either a deranged person. I don't, I don't, I know what you're saying. I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think it's a Trumper. I think it's a crazy lefty guy. Which yeah. there's a lot of those in San Francisco. And when Pelosi and her husband aren't liberal enough for you, you really are a radical. Yeah. But we'll have to wait and see. We don't know. Journalism 101. Don't know. Yep. I. That. Yeah, journalism is 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 kind of sad now, the fa- the way it's, it's pathetic. Made, yep, it's all opinionated. That's what it is. Like literally, I, and you know what's sad is Bob Woodward has turned that way too. If you've noticed that. Yeah. I mean, because like, he followed does him in a show while, and stuff, but I didn't know that. Yeah, he's got his own. Sh- oh, they tried CNN tried CNN Plus. Okay. Tried paying like a whole like charging monthly fee, kind of like uh, the New York Times does. Uh-huh. Like doing a charge fee and stuff, but I was like, "Really? There ain't nobody paying all that money. It's ridiculous." It's like fifteen dollars a month, I think, or five, one of the two. Right. But yeah, he's got his own show. Um, guess who's back in the business? Uh, Kumo. Oh no. Yep, he's got his own show on another quiet. You talking about Governor Andrew? Oh, yeah. oh, oh! You talking about uh, Chris, Chris Cuomo? Yep, Chris. Chris. He's got his own show. On. That's all right. He's all right. I liked him. He's okay. I didn't really have a problem. I mean, he's got, again, another opinionated guy, but, um, yeah, we'll see. November's it's going to be red, though. Guaranteed that. Definitely the House, and now it's looking more and more like it, the, that the Senate's within reach. Yeah. Fetterman and Oz, that's the race to watch in Pennsylvania. I can't believe he was running. So we're going to have divided government. We're going to have a lame duck president who can't get anything passed. Yep. And you're going to have a con- – I mean, so for two years, two and a half years, that's what you're going to have yeah. is a country that can't get anything done. It's divided government. It's This country's divided. Oh, yeah. But thank you for coming on. This is Yeah, anytime, man. This is pretty fun. Oh, we just now now, now that we know you have a longer time span on these things, well, yeah, we, we, we just went through longer. 
10 subjects in under, I mean, I think it was an hour, maybe a little bit less, but um, appreciate you coming on. and Yeah, man. We'll see you on the next one. Yep.